believe that's all the announcements, so I guess we'll jump right on in. Um, I know most of you, actually everyone in here but one person went off the youth camp, so this message is for you tonight. Now, uh, just because you did not go to youth camp doesn't mean you get to close off your ears and all that. You still got to listen. It still is going to pertain to you as well. Uh, But anyway, if you have your Bibles, I would like for you to take it out and turn to Hebrews chapter 13. And if uh, just in case you want to know, Hebrews is in the New Testament. So Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. All right. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, if you will flip on over uh, with me to Psalms chapter 139, verses 7 through 10. Psalms 139, verses 7 through 10. It says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the seed, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Dear and Father, we just come to you right now, and I just pray that your, your will will go forth through this service, Lord. I pray that my mouth will be your mouthpiece, that the words that come out of my mouth will be your word for us for this time in our life, Lord, and that you would anoint these words to take part in our life, that you would just speak to our hearts tonight and prepare us for what you have in store for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Like I stated at the very beginning, most of you are coming back from camp and had a time of excitement, fun, games, and awesome, powerful services. Some of you has had some life-changing moments in the presence of God. You know, a lot of times uh, there's a lot of people that will go to camp saying those are the best services and I've encountered the presence of God in those services and that is great that is what the whole reason why we want to send you off to camp but one thing I want to bring to your knowledge tonight is right there in uh, Hebrews chapter 13 where it says I am the same yesterday and today and forever that means from the very beginning of time God is the same God. He has the same power as he always had. The healing power that he used to have, he still have today. There's nothing changed with the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of God. And it only changes when we allow it to change. So we got to look at it that, yes, those services are great. 
But those same services that happened at Hot Springs, Arkansas, is the same services that we can have at New Song Assembly of God Church here in Centerton, Arkansas. We can have the anointing of the Holy Ghost to meet down with us every time we come into this service. The only thing that is different a lot of times is when you go off to camp, what did we do? We first took out all the distractions. We took all away the cell phones, the iPods, the Facebook, and the Snapchat. We took all that away. And you was kind of made to focus on God for an entire week. You took the distractions out of your life, and you was made to go to those services. You didn't have anything else to do. You weren't thinking about, well, after service, I'm going to go out to Chick-fil-A and eat, or I'm going to go out to Taco Bell and hang out with my friend. For that time, that whole week, you focused on nothing but God. You weren't worried about what time you was getting out of service because you didn't have anything to do. So we took the distractions away. And you was able to focus and said, okay, God, whatever you want to do in my life, whatever needs to be done to clean up my life, allow it. Now, what are we going to do? And this comes to the title of my message tonight. Camp is over. Now what? Camp is over. So now what? What we need to do now is continue what God has started in our lives at camp. And we need to remember a lot of times we need to shut off the cell phones. We need to get away from the computers. We need to get away from our friends sometimes and enclose ourselves with the Holy Ghost. Get the Word of God out. And I know a lot of people don't like to read these days, but we need to pull out the old-fashioned Bible and start reading it and applying the Word to his life. The scriptures even tell us there in Psalms, where can we go from your presence? We cannot go anywhere from the presence of God because he is omnipresent means he's everywhere. He's all around us at all times. He knows exactly what we're doing. He knows when we're doing good. He knows when we're doing bad. He knows it all. We can't run from his presence. He's there. So we just need to get the distractions out of our lives, even if it's only for two hours a day, and just sit down and focus on God, reading his word, applying it to his life, and saying, God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, allow those doors to be open. There's several of y'all that have came to me within the last week or two to say, I believe God is calling me into ministry. I believe I'm being called to be a Sunday school teacher or called to be a youth pastor or some area of the ministry. And that's great. I'm excited. And I want to, to encourage you to keep in that what God has for you. And the way to do that is not wait till you're 21 years old, not wait till you're 25 years old, but to begin that process right now, to begin that ministry right now. And the way to do that is, first off, you've got to apply the knowledge that God has given us in his word into our lives. We have to put the word of God in our lives. And then we, as God is telling us to use that word for somebody, then be willing to do that. You don't have to wait till you're 25 years old to become a youth pastor. Because guess what? 
in August, you would be walking on the greatest place that a youth pastor can ever be, and that's those public schools. Now, me as the youth pastor, I cannot walk on that school campus and start preaching the Word of God, but guess what? You as a youth pastor, as one of them, can spread the gospel each and every day. You just have to be willing to do it. Don't wait. Say, don't, don't tell yourselves, well, I'm only 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, so I got plenty of time. No, you're not promised the next day. And who knows, the one that you may be supposed to reach is right next to you. Maybe right down the road from you. All we have to do is be looking for the opportunity that God has and to prepare ourselves even now. The theme at camp was, it's time. And it's time that a generation would get so fired up for God. Don't worry about what the world says. That Don't worry about what their parents say sometimes. Now, don't get me wrong. I know your minds are already saying, well, I'm going home and tell my parents, Brother Vincent said, I don't have to worry about what you say. No, what I'm talking about is the ones that will tell you, you will never amount to anything. You're only a teenager, so it doesn't matter. When God calls you and he put a calling on your life, then you are valuable. And Satan will use whoever he can, even parents sometimes, to try to knock that out. So if you know you've been called to ministry, whether it's, Next year, the year after, or even now, start preparing for that ministry. Start preparing for that ministry and get into the Word and allow that Word to inflect your life. Right there in Psalms chapter 138 and verse 7 through 10, I'm going to read it again. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And here's the answer to those questions. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold fast. It is saying that you cannot run from God. He's always there. He's going to be there to guide you. So when you start stepping up and taking the mantle and saying, Okay, God, I'm going to follow your will. I'm going to, I'm going to prepare myself to be the very best youth pastor or the very best Sunday school teacher I possibly can. There are going to be bumps along the way. There's going to be times that we're going to be like, God, is that really what you want or is it something I want? But he's going to be there to say, no, this is the calling I placed upon you. Just follow me even in the rough times and I'm going to bring you through. I'm going to bring you stronger and I'll let you fulfill what I have for you. Now, look, now let's look. We've talked about 
what's next after camp. But I want us to understand the things that we used to do before we went to camp may need to change a little bit. Because if, if we don't make a change in our lives, it's very easily we can get back to the same place to where we was before we went to camp. So there may be some changes that is going to need to happen in your life in the next few weeks, in the next few days. There may be some changes that needs to be done. Now, I'm not saying that you are just a big old sinner that you need to change your whole life. No, there may be some small little details. Because if you are honest with yourself, how many of you would actually just say, you know, Brother Vincent, I read the Bible constantly. Not many of you can say that. So one of the first keys that we need to do to make a difference to, in order to do what is next after camp is to follow him with everything we are. We need to be a part of his life. We need him to be a part of our life. So maybe the first step we need is to read his word daily, finding out time to get alone. And that means sometimes we have to get away from our normality of life. Turn off the TV a little bit. Turn off the computer, the cell phone a little bit. Get away from friends sometime and just get along with the Word of God and to read it. Be praying while you're reading this Word and saying, God, show me the true meaning of the Scriptures so that I may share those Scriptures with my best friend, with the neighbor across the street, with somebody down the road. And then you just need to be willing to do it. Step out of your comfort zone and talk to somebody about God. You know, there are a lot of Christians that call themselves Christian, but in conversation never brings up anything about God. I like to talk about the hogs. I like to talk about a lot of different things. But I also love to talk about my God and how he has helped me and how he has made my life complete. And so if you really, truly love God as much as a lot of us would say, we need to start proving it and start talking about him. Don't be ashamed to think of what somebody else is going to say. Be strong in the Lord. And let people know that you love the Lord Jesus Christ. That he is the one that has purchased you. He is the one that has brought you from the miry clay and into the solid rock you stand. Let people know and be a, know that you are proud to be associated with Jesus Christ. Because the Bible tells us in his word that when we accept Christ as our Savior, then we are joint heirs with him. That means we are a part of his family. He has adopted us into his family. And we should be prideful of that. We should be excited that Jesus has adopted us 
into his family. So we need to share it and proclaim it. And then lastly, don't worry about what the workload may bring. A lot of times, I've heard this from ministers that's been in the ministry a lot longer than I have, and some that has even started in the ministry not long ago. But you can ask most ministers. Now, there are some ministers out there that will tell you, yeah, I knew I was called to be a minister from, the ver- from a young age, and I never ran from it. But most ministers, they will tell you a story of about a time that they ran from the calling of God. Because I'll be honest with you, being a minister is not the most glamorous job out there. You know, I was called at 14 to be a youth pastor. And I ran from the calling. I wanted to be something else than a youth pastor. And it's because I've seen what some of my youth pastors had to put up with. And I was part of that trouble. I gave my youth pastor a lot of trouble. Didn't try to. I was just being a regular teenager. But I seen the trouble I put in his life because of the way I was acting. But also I seen other pastors that, and youth pastors that dealt with a lot from church members or so-called church members. And the heartache and the trouble that they had. And then if you look at a pastor... And a youth pastor, a lot of times, people really wonder what they do all day. They think that pastors and youth pastors don't have anything better to do than sit up on uh, in their offices in a nice, cooled, or heating office and play on the computer all day. But there's a whole lot more that comes into ministry than just preparing sermons. Some of the things that a pastor and a youth pastor will have to go through is when they're sick in the fam or in the church, they need to be there. So a lot of times they're running from hospitals to funeral homes to nursing homes, visiting and praying with the sick. When a family member is going through a divorce, they expect the pastor to fix it. If their kid is having a birthday, there are some church members that expect that pastor to drop everything they're doing and come to that child's birthday party. When there's an argument in the church, they're going to look at the pastor and say, you didn't handle that argument very well. There are some people that will sit in the pews and listen to a pastor preach and then tell them, you should have preached a better sermon. Now, I'm not telling you all this to discourage you from the ministry. I'm telling you this because to let you know, if you're going to surrender to the call of life, there's going to be things that you're going to endure. Not all of it is going to be good. But 
should that deter us from answering the call that God has placed on our life? No. Like I said, I tried to run from it because I knew some of the things my youth pastor went through and some of the things that my pastor went through. But, you know, when God puts a calling on your life and you don't surrender to that calling, it's going to be the loneliest time you've ever been. During the time that I ran from the calling, I hit rock bottom. It seemed like everything I tried to work for, it fell. And the reason why it did is because God was shutting those doors because he already had the plan for my life. And when I finally said, okay, God, I've done enough running. I'm going to surrender to your call. And no matter what I have to endure, I don't even care if I have to lose my own life. I'm going to preach your word to every person that I come in contact with. I'll do it. When I made that statement, God has said, about time. And in the last 13 years of my ministry, it hadn't been a bed of roses, but it has been the most happiest times of my life. And that's what it's all about is being in the will of God. And just letting him use you. And I want us to close by this last little deal. You know, when we stopped in Hot Springs at the Assembly of God marker, I made this comment. 300 people came together in Hot Springs, Arkansas to form the Assemblies of God. They would have never expected, even though they was born again, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-ready to take on the world. And their mission was to evangelize the world like they, that no one has ever seen it. They would have never expected to see how far the Assemblies of God has grown. But they was willing to do whatever it took to spread the gospel. And I even made the comment on Friday, if you take this youth group right here, we're low in numbers right now. But if we allow the Holy Ghost to get a hold of each and every one of our lives and we start doing what God's called us to do, and that's to speak the gospel to everybody we come in contact with, and we allow God to be first and foremost in our life, then there's no possible explanation to see how far this youth group could grow if we really let God a, a part of our lives then this time next year we could have 50 people in this youth group or even more but it's going to take every single one of us allowing to God to use us and not be afraid of the gospel but to share the gospel and get out of our comfort zone that's the next step. You know what God is wanting you to do. Now we got to step out in faith and trust and say, okay, God, I'm going to start doing what you want me to do. I'm not going to hold back. 
And I promise, if you do that, no telling where we can be at this time next year. You know? This youth group is what you make of it. It's not me. I can't do it all. But if we combine each and every one of us and allow God to lead us, and we commit this youth group to God, then there's no reason that we can't have 50 in here next year. There's no reason why we can't see people that are sick coming to our service. We lay hands on them and they be healed. There's, there's no reason to that because the Bible tells us in our main text in Hebrew that he is the same yesterday, today, and to forever. So the same miracles that Jesus done, we can see happen today. Healing the blind, healing the lame, making the dumb speak, bringing the death to life. All those miracles is still alive today. And it's our choice if we want to use it or not. And why shouldn't we? Because Jesus said that as great as he done, we, took, we could do greater. You could do greater. You just have to answer the call. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Dear and Father, I just thank you for this night. I just thank you for your word, Lord. And I just pray that each and every one of us will take hold to the calling that you are placing on our life, whether it's if it's in the full-time ministry or whether it's being out in the secular world or whatever the calling that you're placing on our life. And I pray that we will commit to that at this time and that we will just seek out the fullness that you have for us and be willing to use it for your glory, not ours. We don't want the recognition. We want you to receive all the glory in the honor. And I just pray that as we're beginning to close this service, that you would just stir in these students' hearts, that you would go ahead and start putting names on their hearts of people they need to reach out to. I also pray that you would just give them a, a hunger and thirst after you like they've never had before, that they would be so hungry to know more about you that when they get into the get into your word, they can't put it down. When they get into that prayer closet and begin to pray for their friends, they just can't quit. That we will have a hunger and thirst after our area like never before. With you, all things are possible. With you, there's nothing that we cannot do. Let us trust in you. And I just pray for each and every one of these students tonight as we're preparing to go home, Lord. I pray that you would just speak those names onto their hearts and that they would begin to pray over those people. And that they would begin to proclaim salvation over them. 
And when you give them the opportunity, they're going to be bold to speak to them. Prepare our hearts to get to the point where in August when we go back to school, we're going to hit the ground running. We're going to invite. We're going to pray. We're going to preach the gospel everywhere we can. We thank you and praise you. I pray that you would go with us throughout this week and that you would open up doors of opportunity for us to tell somebody how much we love you, how great and mightyful you are, all the things that you have done for us, and allow the opportunity for us to invite somebody to church next week. We thank you and praise you. Amen.